nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. Welcome in, golf fans. This is the Preferred Lines podcast and live stream on YouTube. My name is Joe Idoni, and we have an absolutely fire show lined up for you tonight, previewing the American Express tournament. Um, brand new course preview, courses preview. I'm going to give the picks to win. I'm going to bring in the guests just momentarily and do the final thoughts as always. Um, would be remiss to mention this show is now proudly presented by the good people over at Rotoballer. If you aren't over there yet, go sign up for that account. I am doing like five, six pieces of content exclusively per week for them. The course preview is out now. That piece is free. The top 10 rankings piece is out now. That's free. You get access to Spencer's sort of DFS wizard, which is a ridiculous amount of information and data for all you stat nerds. Byron stuff over there. Joe, there, there's just a ton of really good people. The promo code lines gets you, I believe, on a weekly $6.75. Uh, I'm doing five pieces of content. It would mean truly a lot to me if you use that promo code when signing up. If you feel inclined to additionally support this show, I would encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're checking this out right now on Twitter, do me a favor. Go over to the YouTube channel. Be like our guy Ted here who says, good evening. How are you, friend? Um, great to see you back again, but appreciate those subscriptions over there as well. And there is going to be a special Giveaway that I'm going to mention later tonight uh, that should be enticing for anyone subscribed to the channel. Um, finally, a, a friendly reminder for those of you listening to the show, both new and old, that I am genuinely appreciative of you spending an hour of your time weekly with me. Take a couple seconds. Be grateful for your health, your family, and life. Knock out the subscribe on that YouTube channel, and let's get this show rolling. I'm honored now to welcome in our guest for this week's show, a recurring guest, to the Preferred Lines podcast. He's a writer for Golf Digest. He's a co-host of The Loop. He is on the golf Twitter Mount Rushy of tweeting. Welcome back in the incomparable Christopher Powers. How are you, sir? Very good. Honored, honored, honored to be here. And that's quite the intro. Mount Mount Rushy. I'll take that all day. You're pretty good, dude. You got you've got you've got you've got your fair share of very viral moments. Addicted to the numbies game for sure. I, I, I can't lie about that. Um, so speaking of the numbies, let's get the hard hitter out of the question um, first. On the front of the minds of everyone anxiously <laughs> awaiting golf Twitter over the last two weeks, the world needs to know, did you get cyber mean people on Twitter bullied out of the dart throw? I'm, you know, I'm glad you, you mentioned this on Twitter today because it, it gave me a chance to actually come up with a, a proper answer and, and think about it. And I have thought about it, obviously, but just, I don't know, no one had brought it up. Um, I mean, it's a combination of a bunch of things. One, not no cyberbullying, to be honest with you, between you and, and a couple other people, all good feedback. Um, usually for the most part, people like waiting on it. You know, I have my little subset of dart throw fans, you know, very, very niche corner of the internet. I appreciate all those people. But yeah, combination of it never, literally never winning. Uh, that was getting a little, um, what's the word? Just 
depressing, uh, uh, the word escaping me, but demoralizing, demoralizing. It was getting very demoralizing. Um, you know, felt a little stale. You know, I tried to inject, you know, a rant here and there. Um, but no, I just felt like I had to put my energy elsewhere. And I, I'm currently doing that on, on TikTok and trying to cast a wider net, you know, to a, a wider audience explaining rules, situations like that Carl Yuan thing yesterday. I did a TikTok on that. Just trying to, you know, appeal to the more casual fan. You know, that's that's where the, the eyeballs are on TikTok. I love the dart throw. I love doing it. But I, I came to realize it was such a tiny little corner of the internet um, that I was just trying to appeal to. And I, and I need to, like I said, cast a wider net. Sorry to use corporate speak. But uh, look, I hope to one day be huge and have 100,000 followers. And we'll bring it back. We'll, we'll bring it back here and there. I, I promise. It's not, it's not dead. But I would just say my, my focus is on other things at the moment. We'll be anxiously awaiting. And I've fallen victim to this too, but I do feel like there is a space for like underproduced, real, like two minute videos. Like when I first started, it was doing like long shot videos from my car in a parking lot. I love those. Driving. People love them, dude. Sometimes, like, you get all you know, you get the overlays on TikTok, <laughs> you add in the music, and you get the shit like this we got going on. It's it's just too much. Some people yeah. just love a good, like, selfie video every now and then. Could, yeah, I agree with that. I, I actually I want to start ranting more on Twitter for sure. I know people love, love a good rant. So, love a good rant. Here, let me see if I can open one up here. Let's keep the hard hitters rolling. Fix Christopher Powers, big golf journalism media. Fix the TIO ruling. Can we, can we like, is, am I crazy? Can we red stake them or what, what are we going to do here? Possible, possible unfixable situation. You know, <laughs> people kind of point to the, um, I think the RNA does it when the opens over there, they, they make the drop area like a, you know, fest, like fescue, like literally Horrible. make the drop area, this awful place to be. And, and I think it's kind of just for the, the photo op of it to post on social media when they do it. But maybe that's the answer. I don't know. Because there's got to be, you know, it, it'd be, there should be a penalty. And right now it's a reward for for hitting it where, where Carl Yuan hit it yesterday. And I actually was just thinking about the egregious case from last year because I was there when John Rahm, it happened to John Rahm at Riviera. Oh, God. And I actually um, got John Rahm after the round and he was really cool about it. I was like, you know, this is kind of a thing on the Internet right now. People are like, you should have been. And he answered my question, uh, you know, he didn't seem thrilled with the question, but he was like, no, I would do it again. You take advantage of the rules. A competitor would do it. I'm going to do it. Like, so that's their mindset. Like, why wouldn't you take advantage uh, of that rule? So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the fix is. Red stake. Yeah, I don't know. But that one to not even find the ball and get a free drop. That is that was one of the most egregious ones I've ever seen, because if yeah. we lose a ball on the weekend, even if it's just in the rough and you can't find it, your buddies are not giving you a free drop. So, um, right. Happened in a PJ tour event, a guy won back of the lead in contention. That was a wild scene. I, 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 uh, I definitely understood the, the outrage on that one. It was a bad look. And even further, it's like, gosh, it's almost like, you know how like the NFL review system now has like gone to New York and it's like sped things up like them waiting on a rules official. And it, it just seems like we could use an overhaul. Like the rule book is so in depth and they're just not willing essentially to adjust anything on a lot of rules that seem archaic. Um, 
in many ways. Let's 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 move on from the rules, though. Okay, some other hard hitters I have here. Tiger Woods' next apparel partner is question mark. That's funny. I literally just saw a video um, making the rounds, and it, I, out of nowhere, it seems like Travis Matthew. All of a sudden, they were not on my radar. Uh, I was down at the father son, and the chatter was Grayson, but that was kind of because Charlie was wearing Grayson. But then you put two and two together that Justin Thomas is a Grayson guy, and he's best yeah. boys with Tiger, so it kind of made sense, you know. Plus, it's a really it's they make good stuff. I have some of their shirts. It's fancy stuff. I feel like Tiger could pull it off. Um, but now this Travis Matthew thing has thrown me for a loop a little bit. And then, you know, you could argue maybe he's just coming up with his own thing. I, you know, Tiger yeah. Woods could, could sling some merch. People would buy it for sure. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the very interesting kind of behind the scenes storylines playing out right now. You know, he's not even playing right now. Who knows when we'll see him again, maybe not till Riviera. Um, but that's going to be fascinating to see uh, to see what he rolls out. It's not going to be Lululemon, unfortunately. Shout out, Min not like Min shout out Minwoo from the pod this week. That's I funny. think Lulu has a shot. It's not going to be I Lulu. Too. Listen, here's the thing with Lulu. It's like Tiger's never been like this. Is a Gracian shirt. Like this is too flashy for yeah, Tiger Woods. He wants like Lulu can go almost unbranded and just let him TW it, and yep. everyone will just know that it's Lulu, and they're okay with that because yep. they're big enough. They've got 700 stores. Like, this is not Malbone or, like, these. I'm not taking a shot at these companies, but that they have – they're basically online only, and they've got maybe three, four, five stores in various malls across the U.S. Lulu's worldwide. They've got the money. They've got the capital. They can give him equity. Um, I think that they've got a real shot. I think I saw – uh, maybe FanDuel released the odds and they were like 45 to one or something like that. So we'll, we'll continue to monitor the situation. A lunchtime long shot right there. I love that. There it is. <laughs> All right. Next one. The current PGA tour. I'm sorry. I didn't even give you any preparation for these and I'm just hitting them with you. The current PGA tour member that is most likely to join the Legion 13 <laughs> is. Oh God. Is there even going to be one? Like, are we going to? There was all these rumors of these big guys about to sign. It seems like yeah. he's going to get sh like shafted with a couple of rookies. Yeah, with Vincent and and whoever else. Yeah, you would think it's got to be a guy close to him. Um, Heard a little Wyndham Clark today. You feeling that at all? I did see the Wyndham Clark stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is that the big the big splash John Rahm's looking for? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know if I have an answer for. It. I'm just still stunned. Patrick Canley still. Still on the PGA Tour and Xander. And uh, and I would think Morikawa would be kind of a prime candidate to go. And he's kind of s seemingly staying put. So I don't know. That that one you put me on the spot. I'm, I'm not sure who, who, would, who it would be. All right. Last one. Official stance on golf and drinking. We're in a highly contested time right now. Once synonymous with one another. Now it's like a little, we got back-to-back -back winners who have cut the alcohol out of their life. Um, respect to them. I'm not trying to make light of their their problems with addiction, but um, in a lighthearted tone, like, do you feel like we're having more players continue to focus on like optimizing health and all this stuff and prioritizing? And we're moving it away from more of like a casual party game to guys just basically going all in on, on the seriousness of their athleticism. 
Yeah, no, I think you kind of just nailed it. It kind of goes in line with like this whole kind of movement with the younger crowd, especially these younger athletes who it's all about, you said, uh, optimizing every little thing so you could perform when 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 the lights are on. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny. I've been listening to a bunch of the um, old Spit and Chicklets podcasts, and they have all these old hockey guys, and they all say the same thing, like, man, back in my day, we would – you know, we would win a game three to one and we'd have a six pack in the locker room. And now it's like all these young hockey players, it's protein shakes right after the game. And it, it's the <laughs> same with every sport, like you just said, and, and golf, golf for sure. And especially when it's, you're just a solo journey type of thing. You want to make sure you're at your absolute peak uh, to perform, but obviously Kirk and Grayson, that was more of a, a kind of just like a, a much needed lifestyle change. Whereas, you know, some of us have the benefit of being, you know, casual drinkers that can say one day, you know, I want to stop and, and see if you uh, see how I feel. And you hear it all the time from people my age, even people older, like, yeah, I haven't in a couple months and I feel the best I've felt. So it's kind of like become a movement. Me personally, um, I don't think I'm going to stop drinking anytime soon, especially on the golf course. I do enjoy that. And I do get into some some nice zones on the course with a few beers. But yeah, more power to all these guys who make the lifestyle change and, and feel great. You know, I, I've done it for a week at a time and feel great, but you know, then a football game comes on on a Thursday night and I got to crack a beer. So got to do something right. Yeah. Um, quality field this week for the Amex in, in uh, another non Siggy as uh, Patrick <laughs> McDonald credit to him for coming up with the Siggy term uh, non Siggy this week. But here's the thing we have seen this elevated and signature event series give us I would say some quality moments over the last year, but I frankly don't know if they have added much like they're a better field, but are, are they, are they elevating the actual value of the tournament for these sponsors who are hosting and ultimately coming up with the money and now being told to essentially double their investment? The, the word came out, the farmer's insurance is the latest that is going to be uh, up after this season, I believe is their last one. Um, it's like there's one part of it where I don't feel like they're adding that much value from a regular field to, to, two and a half X the purse. Um, the other side of it is like they're the other tournaments that aren't now belonging to this series are feeling like they're not the cool kids in class and didn't get picked to be on the good team and are like, frankly, kind of offended. I think many of them um, second straight week though. Now, where we've seen a vastly improved field from the year prior. The Sony had a lot more top 50 players. This week has a lot more. You, they haven't publicly spoken about like a concerted effort to start attending more of these events, but I wonder if there's anything unpublicly spoken in an agreement with the players that, listen, these are longtime sponsors of the tour. We're in a little bit of spot of bother here. It's time for us to step up and make sure that each stop and week on the PGA Tour season is a legitimate tournament with big name value. Do you get that sense that we may see this more throughout the season and that could be going on kind of quietly behind the scenes? Yeah, I actually like that um, take quite a bit. Um, you know, it, it sucks to see what's happened to events like this one, Amex. Uh, Honda, Honda used to be one of my favorites, yeah. you know, Tiger and Rory would be there. Everybody would be there. It would be big time kind of down this pebble used to be great. I think it's going to be great this year with the, now that it's a signature field. So yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you. Probably 
something could be going on behind the scenes where they say we got to get we got to get to these events that you know haven't had a a big time field in a while um so maybe that's why we're, we're seeing what we're seeing this week and and yeah i hope we get that with with a honda and and a couple other stops that deserve you know a really solid field and, and people will attend it either way and uh, the, the people deserve to see uh, some big time players all right so we mentioned the field let's talk a little bit about the courses this week All right, course previews brought to you in part by my good friends over at the Fantasy Golf Pod. Make sure to give them a follow. Give them a subscribe on Twitter. They're now streaming the show, which I think is a cool and something no one else is doing live on Instagram if you give them a follow as well. Um, All short, easy golf courses. All rank in the top 10 of the easiest of the year. Um, You can get technical about the blends of grass and the greens, but for me, it's Bermuda, like that's what it puts like. That's what it seems like is the biggest correlation from guys who put well on Bermuda, put well here. Um, like I mentioned, birdie fest type conditions typically on all three courses. You have La Quinta, you have the Nicholas Tournament, you have the Stadium Course, all in play this week. Um, interestingly, while the scoring average is super low for all three, there's a significant like, it's particularly the Stadium Course penalty in terms of water balls that we see in lost ball and, and penalty shots that we see every year. I believe it ranks in the top five, although it has some of the easiest scoring conditions. So essentially, as long as you can avoid disaster, um, you're going to score very well. There's also, I found interesting that last year in particular, and in looking at years past, now keep in mind, we only have shot link data from the, the stadium course at PGA West, but virtually no mid iron play like it's either wedges 125 yards and in or long irons which i think may go a little bit overlooked this week several of the par threes are approaching 200 yards and you have four par fives on every course which are reachable but are going to require like probably a 210 220 yard shot for all the players um i other interesting part that i found in my research is although deemed by legion 13 captain as a piece of shit putting contest it might not be chris like last season only one player inside the top 10 gained more than 1.5 strokes putting on the week which is highly unusual and john rom who made the comment and won the tournament last year actually lost a full stroke on the putting greens high greens and regulation percentage Bunker play is generally tough, but really easy around the greens. Those are some of the notes that I have from from years past. Do you have anything that you're looking into this week to maybe add there? No, I nailed it. And your um, your description of kind of long irons and wedges um, seems to go in line with the guy I'm on this week. So excited about that. But yeah, I think I think you nailed it. You got to hit the greens. Um, and yeah, not not a putting contest generally, as as Ron proved last year. All right, let's get to the ball. Let's talk the betting board this week and back atop the list as your favorite once again is world number one, Scotty Scheffler at six to one. Patrick Cantlay is second on the odds board at 10 to one. Xander Shoffley at Fandle and DraftKings is 11 to one. Then you've got Sung JM at 20, Tom Kim at 25, Justin Thomas at 25. What do you think about the number on JT? Let's start there. Obviously juicy. Of course, we did see this a bunch of times last year and, uh, I'm probably guilty of pulling the trigger on it numerous times and it never came through. So um, obviously he showed some much better signs of life of late. 
though, if you if you believe that he's kind of turned a corner, that's a pretty good number for a, a multi-major champion here. <clears throat> um, favorite pick to win below this 25 to 1 range. Would it be Justin Thomas or are you thinking elsewhere? Sung J M. I think um you gotta make birdies this week. And uh, he literally just set a record for birdies at Kapalua. Uh didn't have a chance to win as I came to find out, unfortunately, but made a ton of birdies. Uh, and just played some really nice golf in general over the last six months. Uh, just missing that win. It's been a while for him, obviously. I think it's time. It might not happen until Florida. We know he likes Bermuda, but like you said, this this week kind of putts like Bermuda, so that plays into his hand, uh, and he likes this place a lot. Four consecutive top 12s here, uh, which is pretty, pretty damn impressive uh, in this event. Absolutely. Uh, I like Sungjae a lot. I think that we saw positive. What we really saw trail away from him last year was the iron play and the approach play that had been so consistent and like his strength for so long had really disappeared. So I was hopeful and I thought that the off season and having two months to really get back with his coach and hone in and get back to what he's good at would be helpful for him. And that was obviously showcased a good bit at the century two weeks ago. The guy I'm going with uh, at 25 to one is Tom Kim. Um, this is a lot for me about proper course fit the setup at this course, predominantly what I'm waiting the most is approach play, which I thought about uh, with Sungjae is obviously he played well in that two weeks ago. It's the strength of Tom Kim, and he's one of the best players in the entire field, particularly with those short irons under 125 yards. He's in the top 95 percentile of guys in the field in approach play. Uh, his past five tournaments includes data from all four rounds over the last four months. So he's played in three Euro tour events, two PGA. Um, he's averaging four strokes gained per tournament. It's better than Scotty. It's better than Xander. It's better than Cantlay. T6 at this very event last year. And if you look at his three victories, one obviously came at the Wyndham in a very short sort of technical to golf course that I would say. And the other two came in the desert at TPC Summerlin, which I think is a decent comp this week. Um, Highly erratic and complete chaos with the putter, um, Tom Kim. We just have to sometimes live with the chaos with this guy when it comes to him. He lost five strokes putting at the Century. He gained five strokes a few weeks before that at the Shriner. Um, two weeks on the European Tour after the Shriner, he gained five strokes putting. In the last six months, he's played in 10 events. In six of those, he's gained over 3.2 strokes putting. He's highly volatile. It's chaotic. He's he's liable to lose four, but when he gains, it's typically big. So 25 to one was the number that I went with on, on Tommy Kim this week. Like that. Uh, moving down the board slightly, JT Poston at 33 to one. Min Woo, the guest this week, like I mentioned over on the loop, make sure to go check out that episode. Is 33 to one making his debut in 2024? Uh, Sammy Burns is 33 to one. Eric Cole 35. Jason Day 35. Tony Finau 35. Wendy Clark at 40 to one. Anyone in this, and you can extend it a little bit. There's Kirk, there's Siwoo under 50. Um, any guy in this sort of meat and potatoes range that you got your eye on? Not particularly. I, I'm having trouble staying away from Eric Cole right now, obviously. Um, I was pretty anti Eric Cole last year, uh, but I, I think it's, it's time to uh, try and cash in on him, particularly on the, the top 10 front. Obviously, he didn't get that done last week uh or at century but came on strong on sunday at century 
Problem is he's gaining a bunch uh, with the putter right now. I think 6.3 and 7.9 in his last two. Um, that doesn't include Sony. I don't know what he did there, but uh, tough to sustain that, as we know. But um, he's good with the irons, probably very good with the wedges, like you're saying. This should be a place where he could kind of pop off again, but I don't know if I'll pull the trigger fully on, on Cole. Okay. So I'll talk about Cole in a second. I've got two guys in this range. One of them is this player who I'm going to bring up. And this is like, Oh my God, I'm in, I'm in a rut, Chris. <laughs> the problem is, and when you're, when you're not seeing it great, you can't ignore like super. I'm not, I'm not arrogant enough to ignore super obvious signs. And this stat profile for JT Poston is unbelievable. The yep. This guy is on um, the last six months. He has seven top 10 finishes for some reference and context there. Xander has two. Cantlay has two. The great Scotty Scheffler has five top tens. JT James Tyree Poston had seven. Um, and these strokes gain numbers where he's absolutely freaking lapping the field are obnoxious as well. But the other guy that I mentioned, this also, by the way, is from a site called bettenumbergolf.com. It was developed in part by people who created shot link data on the PGA Tour and the Tour Junkies guys. It's it's a pretty cool site. Um, DM me if you ever want to check it out. But Eric Cole, all right. Can't stop, won't stop Cole right now. Um, <laughs> he's played in seven PGA tournaments over the past four months. He's made all seven cuts. His average finish has been 10th in those starts with four top four finishes. He's gained on average seven and a half strokes per event on the field. Um, he posted a third and a fourth place finish in here that you will see despite losing strokes putting, which is almost impossible. Um, in the last seven events since the fall swing started, he's 107 strokes under par. <laughs> On an unbelievable run. And here's what I mentioned how I was going to do a giveaway before. Um, this is what I got for you guys this week. Anyone checking out this show, subscribe to the podcast. Drop your Twitter handle in the chat. Here's what we're going to do. If I win, you win. I've got a nice bet on Eric Cole this week. If Eric Cole wins, anyone whose handle is in the comments right now and is subscribed to the channel, I'm going to put you into a drawing for $250. I did this a few years ago with Rory at the Tour Championship and said that um, anyone who puts their name in, I'm going to send 50 bucks. Rory wins. I lost money on the deal. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. We're capping it at 250, but a $250 giveaway. There's likely to probably be like 10 people in this. There was like 15 the other week. It's a good chance. I win. You win. Eric Cole this week. Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, we're going to keep it moving. Cole world. You feeling it now? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, <laughs> Moving up on the board, Taylor Montgomery has now jumped into this magical range of 50 to 1 after one decent week. You got Hadwin there with great course history in the 60s. Putnam has great course history as well at 65 to 1. Ricky at 65. Batia, Cam Davis, Steven Yeager. There's a whole bevy of good players um, in this sort of 50 to 100 to 1 range. This is a unique course where we've seen a lot of, of long shots hit. We had Adam Long at like 500 to 1. Um, Swath Daddy was like 200 to one. We've we've had like Andrew Landry and even a like there's been some really big numbers floated out. I think 11 of the last 15 winners have come above this 50 to one mark. Anyone here like you like in this sort of 50 to 100 range that you think could have a good week here? 
I'm just a huge Davis Thompson stan, and we know what happened to him last year here. Yeah, uh, hit the pin on on 17, and then I was really high on him the rest of the year, and he kind of just never really uh, regained that that kind of magic. But I think we will see him do that this year. I hope it's this week, and I hope it's soon because I'm going to be on him almost every time he plays, especially when he's going to be you know triple digits or, or 90 to one, whatever he is here. Um, and then Stevie mentioned on the pod uh, this morning, and, and I agreed with them. Alex Norin, who I was on uh, when he lost to Camilo, which which was painful, but um, but yeah, Norin's been playing very well. Um, I think he's it's about time he gets a win uh, out here too. And you know, with all these guys over at Live, it's more open than ever right now, as we've Absolutely. seen with Grayson Murray and, and Chris Kirk. So uh, Alex Norin, guy who knows how to win, won a bunch of times in Europe. So. Uh, yeah, I like I like that Norn pull from Stevie, and then yeah, Davis Thompson. Two good pulls there. I'll give you my guy. I'm going to save two. I'm doing a um, long shots video for the Roto Baller team that will be up, I believe, on Tuesday. Um, I'll make sure to post that with all of them. Had had heartbreak with Keegan on there last week. Had the gala the week before. It's been a year of second place for me. <laughs> um, so we'll see who I can get to finish second this week. I think it could be Eric Van Ruyen. Um, okay. So EVR is a hundred to one. Why is it not 50 to one? And it's because odds makers probably rightfully so do not believe that Eric Van Ruyen would be able to avoid the water this week <laughs> at the stadium course, which he probably can't. Um, he's one of the least accurate off the tee in terms of fairway percentage on tour. But if he does watch out, I'm encouraged for a number of reasons on EVR, despite the lack of control. I'm going to pull up sort of his profile here now. Um, you can see that he's gained a stroke off the tee now in 12 consecutive starts. Many of those a, a massive gainer off the tee. Um, he, of course, won the Birdie Fest-like tournament at the Worldwide Technology just three starts ago at 27 under par. Um, he played both Hawaii events, I think, with reasonable finishes. And, and you see there gained solid strokes off the tee and had a phenomenal week with his irons on approach last week. Uh, he's gaining nearly two around. In this event last year, he finished T6, and he was driving it way worse. But he was able to sort of find the fairway. Um, he hit 90% of the greens on the week at the stadium course, which field average is around 70%. I'm uncertain on how predictive this stat is, but they have this stat down here that is birdie conversion rate. Um, he is at 35% birdie conversion rate, which basically means how that's calculated is any putt, anytime you're on the green in regulation, how often do you make birdie? I think that he's confident and he's aggressive rolling it in, which is why he's well above tour accurate average there, excuse me. Um, and the other thing is, is around the green game. It's clearly like the biggest weakness, but this is one of the statistically easiest courses to get up and down around the green. He had his best week of the season last year at the American Express tournament around the green. The deficiency in his game, I feel like could be somewhat mitigated here if he's able to keep control off the tee. EVR 100 to 1, that's my, that's my favorite sort of long shot bomb for the week. like it. Um, what are your thoughts? And you, and you got to talk a lot with, with Min Wu this week, his odds. I, 
it it just concerns me a little bit that they are slightly low and the expectation is really high. We saw this like Ludwig was the third favorite a few weeks ago. We've done it to Cameron Young over the years. We we seem to elevate guys somewhat prematurely, but how confident are you that um, he is going to be able to capitalize kind of on those expectations for the season, make a President's Cup, maybe get a tour win? Does he seem like he's the type of personality to really grab this opportunity by the horns and take it? I do, obviously a bit biased having having just talked to him, but I think it's earned these odds. He's been on an absolute tear, and we and we yeah. talked about with him that. That uh, that T five at LACC, which uh, got him a, a trip on Adam Scott's private jet to the Travelers. But that kind of like real after that, he really took off. One on the Asian Tour, DP World Tour. He hasn't missed a cut since that uh, U.S. Open at LACC. Bunch of top fifteen. So I do think it's earned, and I, and I do think he uh, explodes in twenty twenty four. But again, I am biased having just talked to him, and the guys. As electric as uh, as he looks on social media, he is uh, the real person too. So I'll be pulling for him. But yeah, to your point, I do think it's earned. Whereas you know, obviously with Ludwig, it was kind of earned too. He is that good. Yeah. Um, but didn't have like the run that that Minwoo's on right now. Kind of prior to being eighteen to one, twenty to one, whatever he, whatever he's been. Yeah. Uh, Minwoo, I think, has been on a on a tear and has kind of earned this this low number. Yeah, I think that a lot of these young players and what I found is, you know, the odds boards are essentially a popularity contest and they're trying to even out money. So the more popular the name gets brought up, the more people are likely to bet him, the lower odds they're able to make him. And that's often what happens with these young players. And while there can be someone like Sung J.M. or a Tom Kim, who's at this point in their career, never going to have we understand their win equity and they're never going to have these drastic swings. While these young players oftentimes go through these bouts where they'll struggle for two weeks and now they're 60, 70, 80 to one. And then they have a top five and the next week they're 25 to one. So they go through these big ups and downs and valleys. And sometimes it's best, I feel like, to just be a little bit patient on them, but certainly bullish on the long term with his performances um, going what I think first and third over in the two events in Australia. So he's come. I listened to the pod. It was great. I thought you guys did an awesome job. Interesting that he's living with Quadzilla out in Vegas. So we'll see how that goes for the boy and the new uh, Lululemon spot. I, you know, he said he was going to be involved in the design. I hope he gets a little creative and a little out there with them and they they take some chances because it seems like everybody is right now. I did. I mean, I saw the the one ad. It looked like heavy, heavy on the, the khaki color. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Definitely an interesting look. Grab my attention. All right. A couple of questions here. Uh, are we taking JB Holmes this week? That'd be a no <laughs> for me. What about you, Chris? Going to be a no for me. I did. There's a, I mean, Tom Hoagie down here at 130 is kind of crazy to me. Uh, I'm a Hoagie guy, but another guy who probably was down to 30, 30, 40 to one when he was going strong. Yeah. And uh, I was just pretty shocked to see that 130 next to his name, um, you know, having couple of recent decent finishes too so that's a crazy one i was hoping ryan moore would be down there with jb holmes at 500 to one he's not he's at like 110 or 120 i think i saw um i still kind of like it he had such a great fall just out of nowhere top 10 top 10 at rsm and uh whatever else whatever the other one was that he played decent history here uh you talked about iron play he's he's one of the best um was a rider cupper not that long ago so I wish it was 500 to one. Um, it's not. 
and then Troy Merritt, I I think is 400 to one, which is crazy coming off a top 25 at Sony. He had not that far removed from back-to-back top tens in the fall. I know he literally admitted he has the yips on the green, but I think he's kind of got it under control. He gained strokes putting last week. He's had a couple Mm -hmm. of positive putting performances. So maybe he's, um, kept that at bay as of late and 400 to one again, coming off a a top 25 and we're seeing these long shots kind of, uh, have a chance to win these tournaments. So Troy Merritt down there, 400 to one for me. Love it, man. Um, Ted asked any thoughts on Ryder Ryder's 201 this week. And I actually was looking at him earlier, Ted, because, um, there's only two players in the entire field gaining over a stroke per round on approach over the last 36 rounds. Mm -hmm. Um, one is Scotty Scheffler. The other is Sam Ryder. Um, so a couple of really strong uh, play through the sort of the fall swing there with his irons. Um, I don't believe his course history here is fantastic. Now he missed the cut, missed the cut last year, 49th, 47th. So uh, we'll continue to kind of look into that. But thanks for the question, Ted. Chris, as always, it was amazing and an honor to have you join us here. Um, what else do you got planned for the week? Tell us everyone where they can find you on Twitter and, and whatnot if they aren't currently following you, brother. Yeah, please, please come follow. We'll take all the followers we can get. See Powers 14. Um, rest of the week, we got picks coming out tomorrow, as always. Look at, look for that. Um, just going to be chilling this weekend. A lot of football, a lot of football on the horizon, of course. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully going to be doing some traveling soon. I'm hoping to go to Riviera. And I think I might actually be going to Honda. So uh, come on, some, baby. It'd be some fun. Hey, cognizant. 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 Yeah. Right. Um, Let's go. Be some fun content weeks uh, to come in February. I like traveling in February because it's 20 degrees where I live right now. So I like kind of made February the month where I just say, hey, I'll do whatever, whatever is needed. I'll go, go wherever, travel wherever. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be on the road quite a bit in February. Bring the clubs, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough week. Tough week for your boy. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, devastating, gut wrenching Browns mm. loss, followed by Keegan loss, followed <laughs> by Sunday. Chris, um, you don't have kids, do you? Not yet. No. So Sunday, um, we're supposed to have my son's birthday. Like forty kids coming. Right. His seventh <laughs> birthday is Sunday. Um, we've got a bounce house. We got all kind of shit outside. Torrential downpour everything gets canceled there are 47 year olds 40 i don't have a big house running through my house they're in this office they're playing with the mic they're getting into shoes you know shit that i have they shouldn't be getting into i'm yelling at kids i'm stressed to the max then keegan so listen man i needed to talk to you today you were very therapeutic for me i appreciate you coming on the show make sure to give chris a follow all the best this week and uh we'll talk to you soon buddy Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Later. All right, guys. Great to talk to Mr. Powers as also. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. Listen, I mentioned earlier, I win, you win. Bet of the week is Eric Cole. Drop your, uh, there are a couple people who did it. I saw you guys put your Twitter handle in the comments. You have to be subscribed to the Preferred Lines YouTube page. If you're watching this on Twitter, if Eric Cole wins this week, I'm going to give one of you bozos $250. Um, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. You should get in on it. Okay. Um, let's do the final thoughts and let's wrap things up for this week. Uh, here's what I got. So 
I talked a bit last week um, about a some work that I've been doing on myself in a, a Wim Hof class that I did and a concerted effort to try and become more and more in tune with myself and in particular my mind. Uh, I'm on a mission to become a more open-minded person, open to thought, open to influence, both good and bad, in an effort to create my own thought process better. Um, let me try to explain. So I, I like to listen, and I encourage you too to listen to different podcasts on similar talk topics and get different vantage points on subjects that can sometimes be polarizing. Um, in golf, I, I think everyone has different opinions and that's okay. And gather as many of them as you possibly can. Um, and then use those to create your own opinion on stuff. The more that you hear and you're exposed to, the more options you have. And I feel like limiting that exposure is a disservice to yourself. Like why, why do people listen to only one news network? Why listen to only one perspective on an issue? Why listen to only one golf podcast? Listen to the, like as many as you possibly can. The less you have flowing down the channels of your brain to develop a construction opinion, the less opportunity I feel like you are giving yourself to have the chance to get it right. Um, the big thing for me, though, is I feel like it could inhibit your potential and creativity. And these are two things that I've been really focused on in closing off certain channels or doors or not listening to people with certain physical traits or predisposed like opinions that you may have of, of them as a person, um, certain thoughts based on a political party, all of this stuff like is just not allowing yourself all the available options at your disposal. I have this thought uh, that keeps coming back to me. And during the class, I thought about this a lot. So I've been trying to think of my mind and bear with me on this as this long hallway, right? This huge corridor with hundreds of thousands of doors, right? And they're all closed. And we all know that you only use a fraction of the brain power in your mind within your life. And it's physically impossible to unlock all of these doors or nerves or channels. Um, but try to open as many as you can. I think that will be beneficial to you. The more doors that you open, the more that you allow to flow out those doors and down this hallway and ultimately form your thoughts and opinions. The more doors you crack leads to more creativity. The more doors you open leads to more chance for potential. And these are two things I can promise you, you do not ever want to limit in your life, potential and creativity. Anything in your mind or on your life that is not helping to optimize those two things is harmful to your potential. Um, the great Willie Nelson uh, once said that, um, and I may not be getting this exactly right, but it's Willie Nelson. So um, every song, he said every song that he's ever written was already done and written inside his mind when he was born. And it was his life's mission to bring as many of those out of his mind as he possibly can. Um, try to open another door this week. Listen to something new. Um, try to unlock something in terms of potential or creativity that can make you incrementally a better version of yourself. Those are my final thoughts. 
thank you. Subscribe to this YouTube channel for a chance to win the giveaway this week. I win, you win, Eric Cole. Let's go. Sub to Roto Baller as well. Use that promo code LINES. It's $6.75 of all that I've given you guys over the last three years making this show free. Um, you can hook me up with six seventy-five per week. I hope. Um, if that's in your best interest, I appreciate it. If not, I understand. Thank you all for checking out another episode of Preferred Lines. Best of luck to you. Let's hit a winner. Until next time, I'm Joe Idoni. I appreciate you watching the program this week. Um, best of luck. Enjoy the Amex tournament. We'll talk soon. I'll be back here as always again next week. Peace. Mm-hmm.